Welcome back to Cat's Quick Podcast. Good morning, evening, or night, depending on when you're listening in. Today we are going to discuss the classic American movie from 1960 and was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock is one of the most influential and studied filmmakers of all time. I had never seen this film before, but I have watched Bates Motel and I'm familiar with the series and Norman Bates. But if you have not watched Bates Motel, then I'm suggesting that you watch Psycho before so you can get a little bit more context. Psycho encompasses multiple ongoing themes, but two I want to focus on today are criminality and the role of women. The story begins with Marion Crane stealing $40,000 in cash from her employer and she flees from Arizona towards California. It is interesting that they have a female making the first crime in the movie, but hey, it makes film interesting, especially to a crowd from the 1960s. Her employer comments later in the film that she worked there for over 10 years and was trustworthy, so maybe something more serious had happened. Marion falls into the routine activities theory of criminology. And if you're not familiar with this theory, it suggests that people will commit crimes in their everyday routine because they are familiar with that routine and find it easier to commit something illegal. In Marion's case, she had been trusted to deposit the money, like she likely had hundreds of times in her 10 years of working there. But this time, she had enough money to fill her boyfriend Sam's debt and a run. Unfortunately, when Marion makes it to the Bates Motel, her journey shortly comes to an end. I don't want to spoil roll please psycho psycho if you do not already know is a film that came out in i don't want to spoil the movie for anyone but in all fairness this movie is 60 years old so you've all had your fair amount of time to see it marion is invited into norman bates office for some sandwiches and milk after some conversation marion makes the comment that norman should consider putting his mom somewhere which sounds crazy but norman goes into a frenzy about it He is obviously a mommy's boy. This kills the mood and Marion returns to her cabin. This leads to one of the most famous scenes of horror movie history, the infamous shower scene. Marion gets stabbed to death by a woman figure. The audience is led to believe that it's Norman's mom. Norman comes down quickly after to the cabin and is horrified by the scene, but he quickly gets to work cleaning up the evidence and disposes of Marion's body and her car in a nearby swamp. At this point in the movie, Norman Bates, at the very minimum, is an accessory to murder. His criminal streak is not over yet, because Marion stole $40,000 in cash, a private detective is after her and the money. When he comes to the motel, he notices that Norman quickly flakes on his story, starts stuttering, and cannot keep his story straight. I mean, come on, Norman, you have to be a little sneakier than that to get away with murder. As a detective in the 1960s does, Mr. Arborgast sneaks around to get more information. He sneaks into the main house to speak to Mrs. Bates, but just like Marion, he is killed by a woman figure. Now this leads to Sam and Marion's sister traveling to the Bates Motel. They discover that Norman is a weirdo, just like Marion and Mr. Arborgast had. They realize immediately that their sister had to have been killed there. While Sam talks to Norman, Marion goes up to the house to speak to Mrs. Bates and find out what happened to her sister. When she sees Norman run into the house, she escapes into the cellar. cellar. She escapes into the cellar. She sees a decaying female body and screams. At this point, we see Norman in female clothes with a butcher knife ready to kill. Sam stops him. Yay! Now fast forward to the psychologist explaining why Norman is the way he appears at the end of the movie. 
he had killed his mother and her lover 10 years before because he felt that she betrayed him. Disgusted by what he had done, he stole his mother's body from the grave and then developed a multiple personality disorder. This raises so many questions. He believed he could keep her around if he could give half of his life to her. He assumed that his mother was just as jealous of him as he was of her, so any woman that he admired, or in Marion's case, criticized his mother. He snapped. His mother's side of the personality came His mother's side of his personality came out to murder. Keep in mind, this movie is from the 1960s, so it does not have the most progressive view on mental health or criminality. It's not fair to assume that a person with a mental illness or multiple personality disorder would automatically turn into a serial killer, but hey, I did not write this movie. The other aspect of this movie that I find extremely interesting is how the women are portrayed. This movie was produced in 1960, so quick history lesson. This is after World War II and during the Cold War, when women were expected by society to be homemakers, they should cook, they should clean, take care of their children, and if they did have jobs, they were expected to be teachers, nurses, or like Marion, secretaries. All of the females in this movie fit this criteria. The private detective, the sheriff, Marion's boss, they were all men. In the beginning of the film, Mr. Cassidy flirts with Marion before trying to impress her with $40,000. He suggests that if he can buy her happiness and a good time, then she would just be a happy woman. That would not fly in today's standards. He comes off as arrogant and becomes a good target to steal from. In the United States, women have a much lower chance of committing or at least being found guilty of a crime, so Marion stealing the money may seem ruthless, but really she is just fighting the male oppression. I'm only kidding. Marion acts so suspicious after stealing the money, which any criminal knows will lead to your downfall. Had only anyone told this to Marion, the cop and the used car salesman, note both are men, notice how suspicious she is almost immediately. I don't understand why she acts so suspicious with all of these encounters. Even Bridget from Maltese Falcon was sly and conniving, so why didn't Marion study up? Of course, this does not end the 1960s treatment of women. When Norman and Marion are eating in the office, Norman discusses his love for taxidermy, especially with birds. He makes a weird comment on how passive they are, so he does not feel bad for stuffing them. Um, red flag. One, be cautious of anyone who enjoys dealing with dead animals. And two, he likes birds because they are fragile, passive animals. Um, hello? That's how women are viewed in history, especially in the 1960s. If you notice all the pictures in the first cabin were women, if you notice all the pictures in the first cabin were birds, while well, all of the pictures in the main house are mostly scenic, but especially none of them had birds. Norman, Norman, Norman's love of taxidermy is later translated in him stuffing his dead mother, which is disgusting. When the detective Ar- Ar- when Detective Arbogast questions Norman and suggests that he is a fool, Norman quickly remarks, quote, I am not capable of being made a fool, not even by a woman, end quote. A little sexist if you ask me, Norman. He shows obvious distaste for a woman. Maybe this explains why he killed his mother. How dare she try to have a lover when cooped up with her psycho son? See what I did there? The most disturbing portrayal of woman in this movie is in the end during the psychologist's monologue. According to him, Norman rationalizes killing people because the mother's side of his brain is just as jealous of Norman as Norman was of his mother. Woman can be jealous, 
just as men are, but that does not lead to serial killing. Thank you for all listening in on Cats Quit Podcast, and see you next week.